Welcome to The Leadership Line, a podcast that covers everyday work issues. From dealing with jerks at work to feeling burnt out, Tammy and Scott's experience, along with their different perspectives, help listeners grow, examine realistic options and alternatives, and identify those actionable solutions to the tough issues we face every day at work. You guys both sort of have a similar background of leaving corporate and pursuing entrepreneurship. So what kind of advice would you give to someone who's wanting to sort of go that route in their life? When did you know you were ready? How did you know you were ready? And then what are some tips to be a successful entrepreneur? Uh, How did I know I was ready? I wasn't. Uh, (laughs) I literally got kicked out of the seat that I was in. So I got fired. I mean, flat out, I got fired and I was looking for a job. I, the boss that I'd had two bosses before then had told me that I should work for myself, but I never believed him because in my head, I was like, I need a paycheck. And because I was unemployed and it was in this spot and I got a job offer and my husband to be said, why are you taking that job offer? Why are you not going out on your own? We can make it. And if I had not been forced there, I'm not sure I would have, I would have taken that leap. How about you, Scott? You know, I started my company when I was still employed simply because I was bored. My full capacity wasn't being used and it was an opportunity to learn and grow. And and so I took it. And I think in my mind, I was always going to do that, but not until retirement. Oh, really? You knew that? So in, in my mind, I always thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and then, you know, I'm going to get to a place where I can retire and then I'm going to do this in retirement because I'd seen so many other people do that. So that was kind of in, in my mind and, and, you know, Beth and I had talked about, oh, I could audit or I could do quality. I could do lots of things and we could travel around and just kind of hang out, make a little money. So how old were you actually when you started your business? Do you remember? Uh, 30-ish. I was 32. Yeah. And I had no other paycheck. And I remember thinking, well, I'll try. And then if it doesn't work out, I can still get employment, right? Somebody will hire me. Yeah. So I remember in the back of my head, I still had a back door. Um, but truly, at 32, it was like, I either make money and make this work, or I go back and have to find a job where someone will pay me. And honestly, the coolest thing happened in year one, I actually every single month was able to bring in the amount of money that we needed in order to pay our bills and be okay. I'm not telling you we got rich. I am saying I did not ever have to worry about it. I had enough business almost immediately. And yet I still was scared about that for years and years and years and years. Will I actually make enough money in order to pay the bills? So did you have any of that fear? Well, when I started, no. I mean, I had full-time. Right. When I, when I went full-time in the business, what Beth and I talked about was, I think we can make this a go. We had, from looking at it, we looked at it and said, you know, we have six-month runway. Mm-hmm. Let's try it for six months and said, you know, we need to make this much a month so that we can pay, you know, you know, the squander money on things like food and heat. Um, (laughs) Exactly. And isn't it funny how like, it's like, okay, let's get really conservative. 
so that, you know, because we're not quite convinced that we're going to have enough money. So we get super conservative and like you save every penny and how much money in the bank. I did. We did exactly the same thing. Ultimate question is like, how do you know? And most people I talk to, there, there are always some who know like, oh, I've always known I wanted to be my own boss or, or what. And I think they've seen it or many entrepreneurs probably will not say out loud. It's kind of lonely and it's scary. And then you do crazy things like hire employees. And your whole or, world changes. Then it's, it's not like, a solopreneur, yeah. it's a real company. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, you're, hey, I just, I just have to make enough that we can pay our bills and do the things we want to do. Well, now you have to do that. And now you have another family or families that are impacted by your decisions. And the pressure goes up lots more than just one family. As soon as you start thinking about other families and bringing those employees in, recognizing that 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 executive weight has fallen on your shoulder and you are now responsible for them. And oh my gosh, I remember when we started adding staff and it was like, oh, oh. I mean, I, I worried all over again and I had been a solopreneur for forever, right? And then we started and all of that worry came roaring back. I mean, talk about heartburn. Oh, yeah. And so when I, you know, when I went a hundred percent and I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make this a go and worst, worst case, I can always go back to corporate America. Yeah. But going on four years, oh, now over four years. Would I go back to corporate America? Yes, if that was my only option. They wouldn't hire you, Scott. <laughs> they might. Yeah. yeah. Until, they, until, they actually, until they actually met me, then they'd be like, no. <laughs> when I was first going out, I went and I spent time and I talked to people. I mean, I spent time and talked to Tammy. Okay, what, is this, what does it look like? And did I really do a business plan? No, not really. I talked to people and I think the, the one thing that stuck with me is I had lunch with someone and they asked me, did I want to build a lifestyle business or a legacy business? And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting and made me really think, yeah, what do I want? Because how you then approach the business and the work becomes very, very different. It does. And, you know, truly, I think that's a great question. Because if you want a lifestyle business, you're typically going to be a solopreneur. If you want a legacy business, i.e. I can sell it, you are going to create something that has worth, that has value, that someone else could pick up and run after you're there. So it's not just you. It's a group of people that actually add value. And I will tell you that for me, one of the big, like, really understanding that if someone wanted to go down this path, whether or not you went there because like me, I had like got kicked out and I had to decide what I wanted to do, or like Scott, hey, had extra capacity. I I think one of the things to truly understand that it looks sexy. It looks like, oh, you own your own business. Okay. But the fact of the matter is you are going to succeed or fail on your own dime. There is no one else to blame. You don't say, hey, it's the the economy. You don't say it just was bad timing. You don't say whatever it is. You are going to win or you're going to lose based upon your effort. And if you're not willing to work your ass off, don't even think about it. Because the fact of the matter is, If you are going to have your own organization, 
you have to do whatever you have to do to make that work. And sometimes that means taking work you don't want. It definitely means going out and selling your services. It truly means that you have to figure out every little detail of that business in order to make it work for you. And this thing, it looks sexy and it looks like you have all this free time. And the fact of the matter, it's the hardest work I've ever done in my life. It was so much easier being an employee. It was so much easier letting somebody else tell me what to do. It was so much easier following directions. As the entrepreneur, you have to make the decisions, do the hard work, and look at yourself and say, it really is about your effort. Yeah. And I think what what it reminds me of, many people know, I'm not a huge John Maxwell fan. It's right. not that I don't like him. It's just I, his, work is, his work is good. Um, I, there's others I like better. I saw him speak once and he was telling a story about people would come up to him and say, I want to, I want to do what you do. I want to do what you do. And he would, the first question he would ask them, and this has stuck with me for so long, you want to do what I do? Are you willing to do what I did? Love that. And so you think about, oh, I want, I want to do that. Or, I, oh, I want to be Elon Musk or, oh, I want to do whatever that is. What I would tell you is as an entrepreneur, it's not a 40 hour a week job. Well, that's not fair. It could be. And you could be a solopreneur and you could do and and have a a lifestyle business. You absolutely could do that at 40 hours a week or 30 hours a week or 10 hours a week. Depending on how much money. What is your product and how, right? All of those things. Yeah. In the beginning, Scott, though, right? Oh, in the beginning. you earn the right to have a, a lifestyle business because of the effort that you put in. And in the beginning, you can't just expect the phone to ring. There's just so much work and effort that goes into it. And then after a while, you can come in and say, so I will tell you, it was probably seven or eight years into my business before I knew that I did not have to work 60, 70 hours a week in order to have a certain kind of income, okay? And so a piece about that is even if you want a lifestyle business, you have to earn the right to not work really, 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 really hard. Mm -hmm. Unless the income that you're looking about from that lifestyle business is relatively modest. Yeah. Right? But most of us don't go into these businesses to have a modest income. We go into this business to have a significant income. Okay. So as I think about this, it's a lot of work. It's lonely. I think Mm -hmm. you absolutely want to find someone or others you can talk to and and just bounce off stuff off to complain with. I mean, all of those things. As well as grow with, because truly it's hard to grow by yourself and you need someone to bounce it off that forces you to see things in a new way, right? So super important, yeah. And I don't even think that necessarily has to be a coach. No. I think that could be another entrepreneur. I think there's lots of things. I mean, there's Vistage and lots of groups out there like that. It could be the business that's next door to you. Absolutely. Talk to that owner and just go have coffee with them and whatever. Question I'm thinking, Tammy, have you made it? How do you know you've made it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Scott, (laughs) 
you know, I actually think if you answer that question, I've made it. It's the death toll of your business. Because the fact of the matter is, that's when you stop reinventing. That's when you stop growing. That's when you get arrogant. Okay. And the fact of the matter is, as soon as you stop growing, as soon as you stop trying, as soon as you get arrogant, you no longer are someone that other organizations are going to look at and say relevant and want to do business with you. So have I made it? (laughs) No, not yet. I'm not done yet. Yeah. That to me is a message, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or not, is a question to ask yourself every day, every week, every month. Have I made it? And if you answer yes, to me, it's like made what? You made a cake? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it takes me back to uh, the book, The Motive. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I've worked really, 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 really hard. I have earned the C-suite. Now I don't have to. No, that's not true. You've earned the C-suite. And by the way, you have to continue to earn the C-suite. It's kind of like a marriage. Yep. Michael and I got married. But if I take Michael for granted, we're not going to be married long. I have to continue to invest in that relationship. And if you're going to own your own business, you have to continue to invest in the business itself but also in you, wow. what are you doing and growing and how are you moving it's, that organization yeah. forward? And, you, and you really think about it. You have to, I think you can say you have to reinvest in the business. Most people will think, Oh yeah, you set aside capital and you set aside no. these things for a rainy day. No, you need to do that and yes. invest in yourself to grow and invest in your staff to grow and yes. invest in your infrastructure. Yes. Both buildings and equipment and technology and process. And remember, like, because I crumble cookies, I'm in love with this place, right? I went to <laughs> crumble cookies the other day. And literally, you walk in, you go over this little computer, you go boom, 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 you walk over, there's no one there, right? They're all making cookies. The next thing they do is they walk up with a box and it says Tammy on it. And they're like, show you the cookies, they hand it to you and you walk out. And I'm like, that took like a nanosecond. Think about the infrastructure and kind of building that system that it is so fast and it is so efficient, okay, that it doesn't require all the staff. If you are not reinventing and going to these places where you make it easy to do business with you, where you literally are saying, how can we do this better and faster and more? The fact of the matter is, is that your competition is going to eat you. Yeah. So you had best be investing. Well, and, yeah. and it really is. I mean, Crumble is a is a great, great example. Growing, right? Lots of franchises popping up. Okay. How long? Okay. I mean, so think about if you're not reinventing and being relevant, you will go out. So axe throwing. Yep. Escape rooms. Yep. Crumble cookie. Right, you start listing these these places, and it's like there there's a novelty, and then eventually it's going to be how long can that sustain? Well, think about, and I don't even remember the name of this, but remember malls, <laughs> indoor malls, and they had that cookie place, and you could get that big cookie where they did all the frosting on the top. Yeah, you mean the cookie company? Is that what it was called? It was the American Cookie Company. Who yeah. would want to go to the American Cookie Company today when you can go to Crumble? 
Yeah. Right. And crumbles like, okay, here's our cookies. They are fresh out of the oven. And by the way, this week you can only get this number of flavors. And if you have a certain flavor that you love, it only comes up every once in a while. Oh my gosh, their marketing and their methodology. And by the way, they don't do any real marketing. They do everything with people who are influencers to tell their stories. And I'm thinking, gosh, guys, this is the example of constantly saying, what do we have to do to stay relevant, right? And truly, I do think that's part of this message. Are you willing to do the work? And that includes continuing to grow and stay relevant in whatever your particular market is so that you can continue to be the place that people look at and say, I want you. And you cannot sit on your laurels and rest in the status quo if you're going to do that. And if you're not willing as a, as the person leading that organization to shift, to change, to move forward, to do stuff that makes you super uncomfortable, you're not going to be successful long-term. And that wraps up this week's episode of the leadership line. As always, feel free to reach out to us in the emails provided in the podcast description box, or reach out to us on LinkedIn also in our podcast description box. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.